0: eyes peeled everyone it's time for the full 10 yards
1: college football podcast
2: hello and welcome to the full 10 yards college football podcast uh, post football podcast so now everyone it's draft season there's no denying it even though it's draft season all the time Everyone, all the casuals are in. All the casuals are listening to us. Stop listening to the Full 10 Yards NFL podcast. Come over to us and uh, listen to us talk about the draft. And go back, actually, catch up with the rest of our series that we've been doing on each position for our scouting series, which are, you know, what we're doing today. We're in our penultimate episode of the first round. We've just got edge that we're doing today and quarterbacks next week. So all the people from the NFL side of things who have joined in, we have joined at the right time to hear about quarterbacks. Uh, but like I say, go back, and, go back and listen to everything else. But yeah, listen to me rambling on. I'm excited about today's podcast because it's, uh, it's a position I've been looking at for the guides. So I've got lots to say, um, but yeah, joined by everyone else. user, user here, Liam, Andy, and Rob. Lads, how was the Super Bowl for everyone? Was it? A bit, we've got a bit of mixed reviews, haven't we?
3: From it, a little bit.
1: It was good. I it. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I didn't. I was expecting a blowout, and it was disappointing. There you go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I quite enjoyed it. To be fair. Um, That's a good game. Yeah, I did did my usual thing of falling asleep about half-time, so we caught with the second half on Monday afternoon. Um, but I missed the right half, because there's only, what, 13 points in the second half, wasn't there? And obviously, from my point of view, got the right result as well, so I was very happy with that. But um, <laughs> yeah, for, for, for sort of fuller uh, Super Bowl reviews, I guess you can go over to the Full Turn Yards uh, NFL podcast that they did last night, I believe, on the, the review of that. But we're here to talk about edge rushers, so we're going to talk about people who you know featured quite heavily in the Super Bowl, actually, talking about that Tampa Bay defensive line getting after Patrick Mahomes and, uh, yeah, kind of looking at the next generation of that. So, uh, we we'll start with the usual thing. Um, we'll go around the room and see what we like in our edge rushers. Liam, I'll come to you first. What are you looking for in a person that gets after the quarterback for you?
1: Uh, You've got to get off after the quarterback quick, <laughs> like um, explosiveness, acceleration, um, I like to see guys guys will have like uh, their kind of go-to uh, weapons and go-to um, pass rush moves but as as much of a variety as possible is good to see um, like to see obviously a lot of guys will try and come around uh, off the edge but if guys can work inside as well how they kind of translate to the NFL and uh, different formations that's really good like to see uh, versatility in that Um can they um, play against the run as well? Like a lot of edge rushers, obviously, a task with just heading to the backfield and going after the quarterback. But if you need to uh, chase down ball carriers, chase down the run game, that's good as well. Um, yeah, um, good length as well. But uh, yeah, I think that uh, those are kind of the main things that I like to look for. Mm. Andy, what about yourself? What to add anything to that?
0: Uh, not really. I mean, I'm... Um... I'm not really a big like, measurements guy for most positions, but um, edge, it seems like that's that's kind of a bit more important. So, I mean, I like them to, we, we're talking over six foot three, I like them to be uh, longer than that. And I, I like a wingspan of um, over 80 inches as well, because I think that's really vital, um, you know, kind of getting around, the, getting around the edge and being able to wrap up uh, running back coming on the inside uh, lane. So, yeah, the kind of measurements are just to build on what Liam said, because he, he highlighted all the stuff I'd, I'd have said as well.
2: Yeah, if um if you like that length in your arms, you can kind of be controlled quite easily, can't you, by some of these longer tackles out there and you're kind of nullified quite easily, aren't you?
0: That's it. Yeah, and a good a good like uh um hand fighting ability as well that's uh, kind of underrated. Um, you know, obviously you get, you get a lot about the power in the legs and that sort of stuff, but but yeah, hand hand fighting ability as well is really, really vital.
3: Mm. And what about you, Rob? Obviously, we've come to you last because it's a defensive position, but what about yourself? Yeah. Um Well, correct me if I'm wrong here, but the edge position is quite a new kind of terminology for that position because... Years ago, it used to be a defensive end. Uh, now there's kind of uh, there's kind of two different types of edge rusher, in my opinion. There's you've got your guys like JJ Watt, your big, powerful guys who like to just muller people, um, but you've also got your sort of smaller, speedier, technical guys as well now. And I think the guys certainly that I have been scouting for this podcast, there is a bit of a difference um, with the guys that I've done, and it'll be nice to explore those avenues of the two different sort of types of player now coming because the NFL when they're looking at edge rusher nowadays that they're, they're looking for speed they're looking for for quickness off the edge not necessarily your big hulking you know strapping lads who are going to plow through offensive linemen so there is kind of two different styles um, and I know I'll address that today um, but definitely looking for speed uh, as, a, as an edge rusher for me that's one thing that I like to look at and, and as the other two mentioned length as well um, is, is very important you know how how can they use their arms to get to the quarterback how can they Use their arm to get to, to running backs coming through gaps. Um, yeah, th- those are the sort of the main credentials for me. Mm, yeah, for sure. It's um, it's a bit of
2: a. I mean, I, I prefer the edge sort of classification now, opposed to transcendent trend outside linebacker, because I feel like you get a bit of a, a muddle, People kind of falling in different brackets and things like that. And I feel like edge kind of is a cover all term that kind of gets gets everything under the same umbrella. But it's a bit of a misnomer, really, because one thing I'm going to mention is defending the run, which kind of it doesn't kind of lend itself to. And you get people, obviously, it's a bit like being a wide receiver, isn't it? You know, you want people to catch touchdowns. Similarly, on the defensive side of the ball, you want edge rushers who get out the quarterback and take the quarterback down. But if there's a liability in the run game, then they're no use to me in the first round, at least. So you need to have a guy who can defend the edge, set his edge, be sort of disciplined in that regard, and also wrap up and make tackles as well, just like any other defensive position. So i kind of going to go in a bit of a different direction to kind of add something on. But I agree with everything that you guys have said, really, there. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of what we're looking for in, in our bunch of guys. I'm sure we'll, we'll give you a lot of names throughout the, the process tonight. But I feel like, I don't know about you guys, but considering we're going to be talking about so many Miami players or former Miami players, I feel like Will Smith should be involved in this podcast. I've got a couple myself. And uh, I know that we've got uh, three players associated with that school. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna just start off because I'm gonna be obviously a bit of a sandwich guy because I've got two guys as we've been doing. Um, I'm gonna start off with Quincy Roche, who was only playing for Miami this one year, this last uh, just the season just gone in the 2020 season. Came down from Temple after a really really productive career up there and, and made his way to a Power Five school, so kind of moving up in the in the rankings in terms of like the school that he played for. Um, just taking it back to the beginning, um, he is from Maryland, so up, you know quite far away from Miami, not a local product for the school that he just attended, but obviously much closer to Temple there, uh, up in the north. Um, but yeah, really, really productive Temple, had a lot of sacks um, over his um, career there with the Owls. Uh, We've got him over 13 sacks in one season, uh, forcing a lot- bunch of fumbles as well, and also has a nice uh, tendency to get his hands in the passing line as well, which is something that you know, you like to see with that awareness, don't you, your edge guys, you know, it's not just about sort of looking at your guy who you can fight him with or you, you're tussling with at the line of scrimmage, but also keeping your eyes in the backfield, making sure that running back isn't leaking out and you might be able to make a tackle, making sure that the screen pass is not going to go over your head, you know, getting uh, hands in passing lanes. I remember when um, you mentioned, obviously, J.J. Watt, Rob, um, he had that nickname quite early on in his career, of J.J. Swap because he was quite well-known for batting down those passes. And I'm seeing a lot of that with Quince Roche. it's a bit of a, it's something I was kind of ticked, sort of putting a tick in a box with with my edge guys if they kind of have that and you can kind of um, see that awareness that they've got um, rather than just, like I say, just getting after of the passer. Just going back to one of our previous shows, it's one of these things where I was really uh, sort of knocking Jake to when we were doing the interior defensive line class because he just wasn't aware of what's going on sort of around him. Um, back in high school in Maryland, also played tight end as well. So, you know, you're showing that athleticism not able to kind of get down the field. Um, obviously, hand-eye hand coordination, not only with hand fighting, but also... Uh, in terms of, of being able to catch balls as well. But obviously, came over to the defensive side of the ball at Temple and, uh, you know, it showed out, really, and just uh, wanted that extra year of uh, film on tape and it obviously went up a level, like I say, and he's, he's done really well for it with a productive year as he's been replacing Gregory Rousseau on that Miami offensive uh, defensive line, sorry, who we'll obviously mention later on. Got four and a half sacks, uh, two false fumbles, and also pass deflection this, this year, and also a bunch of tackles as well, which obviously is, is great kind of bread and butter stuff. In terms, of, in terms of strength, um, plays with good strength, plays with good leverage, kind of gets himself underneath the pads of the uh, offensive lineman and uh, yeah, can really drive them back. One thing that really stood out to, to me when I was watching Quincy Roche was he's got really, really good bend. And what I mean by that is, you know, if, we, if we're kind of talking about terminology, is how you can kind of bend the ankles and the waist and kind of force yourself to kind of make the arc towards the quarterback cut smaller. Um, sort of small journey, short journey in fact and uh, instead of going up and round uh, in a sort of a longer circle, longer loop and you'll hear sort of people say like that arc is small, going round the arc, turning the arc things like that uh, for those who kind of not aware of what that means but yeah, Quincy Roche can bend at the ankles he's, he's really, really flexible in that sense and does keep his eye on the ball carrier and eye in the backfield as I mentioned before and as I mentioned before just to kind of tick off all the things that I've been kind of naming as my strengths and things that I look out for He's also one to get his hands up in the passing lanes and be disciplined against the edge. Um, in terms of measurements and and things like that, he is a little bit undersized for me. Um, he does measure out at six foot three, two hundred forty five pounds, so on the small side of the edge rusher class. Not these big guys like you know Joe Bosa, two hundred seventy pound guy who's kind of um, looks like a guy who you can kick inside and often does. Roche isn't going to do anything like that. He's going to just be an edge guy and probably does hurt his value ever so slightly because he's going to be a pure edge rather than being helped to have that versatility to, to kind of kick inside. But like I say, production's there. Uh, athletic traits are all there in terms of like the quickness, first step explosion, uh, bends, as I mentioned before, and hand usage is pretty good as well. Gave him quite good marks for hand usage. Power's decent. Motor, uh, less so, I would say, if we're going to get into weaknesses, but scores really highly quite, you know, across the board athletically for myself. Uh, weaknesses I mentioned undersized takes plays off sometimes and I feel like he could just do a bit more I feel like if the play I've got here is if the play's kind of being sorted out by someone else like another player is kind of making that tackle he's not one to kind of like get involved sometimes just kind of think oh that guy will take care of it Um, and that's led to uh, so-so grade I've got him quite you know quite high up my list but uh, not kind of one of your elite edge guys you know I've got an early third round grade on him Uh, but yeah quite impressive especially because he's come up from that level and I feel like he's got that ceiling there so, yeah, quite a decent uh, proposal there from Quincy Roche. I um, feel like you've got a got a player who you can get on day two and he'll be a rotational guy and have a decent career at the NFL level. Um, Liam, we'll come to you next. Oh, you've got a hand up. You're going to question me on.
1: Just going to uh, see how you best uh, think uh, Roche fits at the next level because one of the pros I got him was I think he's quite scheme diverse. And um, I agree that like he, he comes off the... Edge quite nicely really works well at speed. Probably something I mentioned should have mentioned with uh, traits is the phrase body control that I seem to I find myself using that phrase all the time. It's kind of become a bit of a joke for me that I do it too too often. Pros for these guys, <laughs> so it's like
2: but hips for care and body control for yourself. <laughs> body control,
1: which is basically enough way of putting every, everything that you said into one thing, like to be able to just turn the corner really well, but at speed and control lower body and think like that, but yeah, I've, yeah, I just wonder where you'd uh, fit him in, or where you'd like to fit him in, scheme-wise.
2: I feel like I saw on tape that he was kind of rushing from different stances, so he was rushing from a two-point stance, rushing from a three-point stance. So, yeah, I mean, I could go for you know a bit of that, like you say, a bit of scheme diversity. Yourself not kicking inside, that I mentioned. I don't think he's got the size or the bulk to do that, and I think like his kind of speed maybe will get a bit lost on the inside when he's coming up against those bigger, powerful, more powerful guys. Um, in terms of like the guards and centres, um, but yeah, I don't mind as long as he's playing as, a, as kind of off the edge, I think he can do both. Um, I didn't really know a particular preference whether he was doing like better from either stance, to be honest with you, but I noticed that he did play from both stances, so yeah, as long as he's coming off the edge, I wouldn't really mind. Um, but yeah, any any sign that he can use his speed, so uh, if we're getting into long and late downs, I'd want him to be starting wider in his stance, coming from like a wide nine or something like that, rather than um sort of more narrow in his, his alignment but uh yeah no I, I agree um with what you're saying kind of uh scheme diverse i don't mind he can be a defensive end or an outside linebacker for me yep Yep. so
1: <laughs> agreed <laughs> um
2: we'll stay with you actually we'll we'll stick with you for to come to you next for your next player
1: yeah all right the uh, the latest edition of my attempts at becoming future defensive coordinator for Georgia <laughs> because uh, uh you might remember uh, for the uh, safety episode i brought up richard lecount and a couple of weeks ago, we did the cornerbacks, and I had Eric Stokes and Tyson Campbell. Um, I'm going to stick with the Georgia Bulldogs defense because I'm going to talk about Az- Aziz Ojolari. Um Really, really fun uh, edge rusher to watch on tape. He's about six three, approximately 240 pounds, which um, I quite like uh, because uh, to me, he uh, he kind of he wears that that weight and plays quite well on it because he kind of looks a bit lighter to me. I was surprised that, uh, he was that heavy. So he's got, uh, some room for growth, perhaps just physically there, which is, uh, good to see. Um, four star recruit from Marietta high school in Georgia had 118 tackles and 11 sacks as a high school senior, um, committed to Georgia, but then tore his ACL in his final high school game, um, which uh, a bit of a setback affected his, First year in college, uh, once recovered, he did feature in um, two games for Georgia as a freshman, but then uh, took the red shirt. And in 2019, as a red shirt, freshman played in every game, uh, recorded 36 tackles and five and a half sacks, had 27 tackles and five and a half sacks and a couple of forced fumbles in 2020 regular season uh, recently, which he added to um, in bowl season at the Peach Bowl. And he put up a really good stat line of four tackles, three sacks, and two more false fumbles in uh, Georgia's win over Cincinnati. Um, he was given defensive MVP of the Peach Bowl uh, for that in what was his final Georgia game before declaring. Um, I'll go through some pros of his game. Uh, like I mentioned on tape, he's really, really fun. Watch accelerates well. He looks really quick on tape, and plays uh, really fast, busy style in pass rush, accelerates. Well, uh, to get to plays out in the open, too. Lower body control is very good. Um, What he likes to do is get around uh, the outside corner of the line when rushing, and shows, yeah, really good bend. Likes to attack hands and arms first. Has uh, good use of hands against uh, blockers. Um, Gets up right around pad level. Is able to kind of use his speed then, if he can, to then get off of that block. Um, To me, looks a really smart player. Um, I think he does a good job of reading an offence um, in fact uh, another thing to add to his stats there's been a couple of pass tips this season um, I think he can kind of just take a step back when he needs to read what uh, an offence is, is bringing his way um, another good thing that uh, you need to be on the defensive line is that he tackles well, uses uh, speed uh, to attack a ball carry and really bangs to, to stop a play um, Georgia like to, uh, line him up from different positions all game. Um, good example is the, uh, Auburn game from last season. Um, he was lined up on, uh, on the left end of the defensive line, the right end, um, standing and in the three point stance. And that's uh, great versatility. And to play all of those in, in one game, I think shows how, how Georgia value him and how um, they like to, to trust him in different situations. Um, I got a few areas where he needs to work on. I think just some more variety in the pass rush. I noted, I think that he doesn't have too many counters um to his skill set. I think he can get a bit lost if Lyman lock on with, with their blocks doesn't kind of have um the best length to to combat that. Um I don't think he can rush inside too well. Um just kind of gets a little bit lost if kind of double teams by a tackle and guard insides, but uh that having said that, in the Alabama game last season, um we would have covered it the very first offensive play, Mac Jones threw an interception uh, that was tipped and picked off um by Richard accountant. It was tipped by Ogilari uh, working inside so managed to find his find some space inside. so there is that skill there still to work on, so it's um it's uh, something that he can do. and um, going back to. Being the uh, Georgia defensive analyzer, I really like how I realised how Ajalari kind of works on the D, or rather Alabama, I think, realised how works on the D in in that game where they they kind of moved away by stopping the run game. And I think that that's where uh, he can improve. I think he could improve um, against the run. He kind of um, attacks pass really well. Sometimes gets a bit lost um, on where the ball carrier is and uh, recovery um but um i think that georgia know how to use him they they really trust really trusted him last year to kind of keep rushing allow the secondary to do and the linebackers to do uh working coverage and just keep him rushing after the pass which i think shows in how his uh stock has gone up and how much he's kind of valued at the moment he's getting quite a lot of buzz um all in all there's definitely i see it there's definitely a lot to work with in an agilari i'd I'd play him around the defensive front as opposed to outside linebacker. And uh, as a redshirt sophomore, he's he's pretty raw in places, as I said. But there's there's the ingredients there to improve and to work with. He's definitely a the high ceiling guy. Yeah, I think that
2: was one one thing that really stood out for me is his ceiling. I think he's sky high because those physical attributes are just incredible. He's got so much bend. He's sort of the snap so quickly. Yeah, um, and you know that is just giving him so much quickness with his hands and feet as well um, lots of first half explosions as I mentioned hand usage I thought was very good and yep. yeah that's one thing that I did, really did lock onto that he does struggle with long round um, long round tackles I noticed that he struggled with Sadiq Charles especially in the yeah. LSU game in 2019 the championship game uh, and it his like more draftable and Sadiq Charles got 33 inch arms so I thought yeah, this is definitely a bit of a problem. So he needs to learn how to combat that a little bit. But I mean we've we've heard me talk about him more uh sort of more recently in the other well, podcasts that we did, I can't remember when it was, but um yeah, I, I love this guy. He's a first round player for me. Uh yeah. rate him really, really highly. Um so yeah, got a lot got a lot of love for him.
1: Yeah, it's uh, yeah, again, just to to repeat the high ceiling thing, when you you can kind of um you can kind of afford some of his his cons because as a redshirt sophomore you know that there's there's room for growth there and then further coaching it, there's a lot that's going to come together hopefully with re- really good coaching so yeah I get it completely why people are so excited about him
2: yeah edge one for me at the moment but maybe maybe not across the board it seems like a bit of a muddy puddle at the top doesn't it, it doesn't seem like there's a consensus number one but he's, he's yeah. firing away my edge one spoiler alert for the draft card <laughs>
1: I see uh, it. Like he might, he's definitely going to be up there, top three, top three easily in any order. I yeah, yeah. He's got he's got so much more to give as well, which I keep repeating it because I think it's a big thing with his skill set.
2: Mm. Yeah, I'm sure we'll come across him again later down the line as well. Um, right then, we'll come to Rob next uh, for
3: for your guy going back to back to Miami. Yeah, well, I've got kind of the consensus number one edge rusher if you listen to the pros, but I think I'm kind of in the same sort of sort of agreement with you, Lee. I, I, I don't really see why Gregory Rousseau has got such a high sort of draft stock under his name. He tends to be going in a lot of top tens at the moment and looking at mock drafts and, Looking at him, I don't look. I don't think he's a bad player at all. I think he's a really good player, but there's a lot of red flags. So let's let's go through and let's start at the beginning. It depends where you look as to where you get his height. Um, I think we've got him down as six five, but uh, Wikipedia, which I get all my stats from and facts, of course, uh, is six seven. Twenty four seven Sports is six six. Daniel Jeremiah is six seven. Draft Network is six five. So he's around about six foot five-ish, seven-ish, 265 pounds, four-star recruit from Hialeah in Florida, had a few uh, offers coming out of, of high school, Tennessee, South Carolina, Oregon, LSU, USC, to name a few. Uh, bizarrely though he wasn't an edge rusher all of the time through high school he was a wide receiver and a safety for the majority of the time he was an edge rusher the second half of his senior uh, career at high school so he's fairly new to the position when he came into college first year uh, as as a As a freshman, um, he played uh, one and a half games um, before suffering a season-ending ankle injury. Didn't take the field again until the following year, 2019. As a redshirt freshman, had a breakout year. Absolutely fantastic, looked great, excellent stats, 13 games, 34 solo tackles, 54 total tackles with 15 and a half sacks, was number two in the country behind the only behind only uh, Chase Young, obviously second overall pick. So the stats in 2019's performances were absolutely fantastic. 2020 comes along and Gregory Russo is one of the first players to opt out due to COVID. Um, So we didn't see him last year. So there's your first red flag, folks. We've only had one season from him in college football. Uh, And personally, if you're going to be a top 10 pick like he's being slated, I like to see a little bit more on tape uh, to cement that. I think there's no denying that he's got serious talent there's no denying that he's got the skills and attributes to be a good edge rusher but he's only played the position for one full season and there are flag red flags around injuries um Let's go through the pros and cons because, like I said, I'm not taking anything away from him. I think he's a good player. The pros, good physical attributes, good speed, length, strength, agility, which are a lot of, you know, we tick a lot of boxes here from what we said at the beginning, what we like to see in Edge Russia. Um he's versatile. And if, if Liam's going to have body control and it means um, uh, Kieran's going to have hips, I'm going to have versatile. That's my word. Cause I've used that every podcast, I think. And, and versatile is a good way of describing Gregory. Russo cause he can play a various uh, style, uh, various techniques and styles as an edge rusher. He can put his hand in the dirt. Uh, as a three point stance, he got two point is a few different uh, styles and variations that he has as an edge rusher. Um, he, he's got good speed. Great speed. Uh, he, ge- he uses that to generate good power. Um, he rarely gets bullied by the big O-lineman. Um, he's, he's really nimble watching him on tape. He can easily get around a big sort of 320-pound guard uh, you know, with ease, relative ease, uh, because of his, his size and, and his stature and his speed. Um, he's got a good frame. He's got a frame where he could put on some weight if he needs to, which I think might be the case heading into into uh, the NFL. Obviously, 265 is not light. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't mind putting on 10, 15 pounds maybe. Uh, he's got the frame to do it. Hopefully he can keep his speed. The cons for me, like I said at the the top there, he's he's green. Only 14 and a half games under his belt. So there's no guarantees that, you know, not 2019 might just have been a one-off season. That's why I like to see more. I I like to see more than one season out of... Sample size, right? Exactly. A very, very small... Thank you for giving me that word. So you can tell over the last I 10 minutes. That's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's the phrase I've been looking for in my head for a while and you've just given me. So thanks a lot. Uh, yeah, a very small sample size, 2019. Not good enough for me. Um, it's going to be a gamble. If, if someone's taking him top 10, that is a big gamble to take on an on a, on a early first-round pick. Um, there needs to... He needs to add... He needs to add some more um, pass rush moves to his repertoire. He's, he's not the most flashy of edge rushes because he's so new to the position. He needs to develop that. He needs to develop a bit more technique to it. Um, he's quite lanky. Two hundred and sixty-five pounds isn't enough for that frame. Uh, like I said, six foot seven. If you if you believe in Jeremiah and and uh, some and Wikipedia, um, so yeah, it's a good player. Potentially off a 2000. If you're looking just at the 2019 tape, great player, top 10 pick. (laughs) Big red flag to me. Um, Not enough experience at college level, not enough experience at the position. And I'm with you, Lee. He's not my edge one at all. I think he's more, if I was to grade him out properly, it'd probably end up being a second round pick. Um, So lower than the consensus. I can certainly see the upside though. You know, if you're going off his upside and, and what he showed in 2019, fine. Not enough for me, I'm afraid.
0: Mm.
2: So I'm going to put you on the spot then you're in NFL GM. Yeah. Where would you pick him? I know you said you'd grade him out at a second round pick, but where would you spend that pick considering there's considerable upside, but obviously the sample size is small and you've outlined your know, good positives and some pretty scary
3: negatives in some ways as well. But what would you actually, where would you actually be comfortable taking him? If I'm a, if I'm, if I'm a nailed-on playoff team, a deep playoff team, a Kansas, Tampa, Tampa, great great shout. Tampa could do with um, – a, a, I think Shaq, thing is, uh, Shaq Barrett is on waivers now, I think, isn't he? He's a free agent this year, so they might not re-sign him. There's an yeah. area there where they could get better at. He'd get some good experience there. I'd say end of the first round is where I'd be comfortable as a GM taking him because I know I've got a team that's playoff ready because we've been there last year. Um, a team like Green Bay getting there, you know, fairly regularly. Um, Tennessee, yeah, those are the sorts of teams that I'd be thinking have got a good enough team to take me to the playoffs and this kid has got bundles of talent locked up potentially. So, yeah, end of the first is where I'd be happy as a GM taking him.
2: Mm. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. I agree with a lot of you, a lot of what you said as well in terms of the weaknesses for sure. I think he's super raw as a pass rusher don't see a lot of technique as you mentioned to see a lot of power and using that frame and leverage and just trying to bully his way to the quarterback almost which it does work obviously he's got success yeah. doing it but it's yeah. not going to work against bigger powerful yeah. dudes who are kind of more savvy and know what they're doing I'd say
3: yeah it's kind of like a it's a high-end project piece um but like like I said it's a big gamble taking a high-end project piece mm. top 10 top 15 uh, yeah um yeah, I think I'd be comfortable at the end of the first, knowing that I've got a team that can get me to the playoffs. I mean, I mean, look at Green Bay as a perfect example. How many players did they draft last year? And how many starts did they have between them? Not many. Um, you know, so if you've got a team you know is going to get you in and around the playoffs, then this is the kind of player that you do take a gamble on because he's got potential to be great. Um, and if he, you know, if he doesn't, if he if he flops, then, you know, there's always first rounders that are going to flop. But, yeah, you'd hope not. Um Gregory Russo, yeah, as long as he can, if he can show 2019 in the NFL, he's going to be great. He's going to, he's going to be a different kind of, like I was saying at the beginning there, a different style edge rusher. He's tall, he's not as fa- he's not as fat, he's not as chunky as his as, as stereotypical edge rusher. So there's a different kind of style to him. Um, but yeah, a lot of technique work needs to be uh, refined. His situation and also his build kind of reminds me
2: of Marcus Davenport a couple of years ago and i hated that pick cuz the saints yeah. took him at 14 and they traded a first round pick to go and get him so he essentially cost two first round picks and mm. he's only just showing it now and that was yeah. what 2 years ago i want to say when he got taken mm. i always model drafts up but they're only bearing the fruit of that that those two picks that they they, they yeah. spent to get it now which isn't good but obviously that's the saints as well and that's that's a player any yeah. team that you're kind of yeah. saying as well
3: yeah and and i think He's a beneficiary of a weaker edge class. I think we've all, we're all in agreement that this this edge class is not the best we've had recently. Um, one of the weakest in the last decade, I would say. There's only two or three stand-up players. So he's a beneficiary of that as well because he's a, a sort of a, a big fish in a small pond, if you like. Name value, carrying that 2019 with him um, will get him drafted probably in the first round.
2: Yeah, it's, I think it's, it's weak at the top, but there's quite a lot of depth. And obviously we'll come on to that with our sleepers and, and yeah, some of these guys yeah. that, we're, that we're going to mention. But we'll move on. Andy, I'll come to you first, and then we'll make it a Miami kind of triple sandwich, and I'll finish off with that.
0: Sounds good. Uh, can't get enough Miami. Um, <laughs> I have got my um, edge one in this uh, class, which is Patrick Jones out of Pitt, who I really like, uh, red shirt senior um, Six foot five, two hundred sixty pounds, uh, three-star recruit from Virginia. And firstly, I just want to say that I absolutely cocked it up last week with two wide receivers that I just took as LA as Los Angeles and just moved on. But obviously, that's Louisiana. So I, re- I-, I made sure I expanded the uh, the abbreviation this week. So yeah, three-star <laughs> recruit out of Virginia. Um, 16 offers, including Clemson, Bama, and Georgia, but uh, obviously went um, for a, a bit of a colder time up at Pitt and uh, has kind of reaped the rewards of doing so. First team All American uh, this year by Sporting News and Walter Football. Uh, he's uh, in the kind of polar opposite to, to, to Rousseau. He's played 40 college games, um, 21.5 sacks, 32 tackles for a loss and five forced fumbles. But interestingly, 17 and a half sacks uh, came in the last two seasons. So he's really stepped his game up. Um, loads that love about him. He's a bit more, um, he's a bit um, longer and not really like a, a bully. He's a, he's a very much um, an agile edge rusher. Uh, and that, uh, because of that, his kind of key uh, attribute is his speed. He's really explosive. Uh, he beat, like that, that's how he's got most of his sacks, is his speed. Um, And that kind of translates as well when he's in pursuit and uh, he breaks away after the kind of mobile quarterback. He's more than capable of keeping up with them. And I actually watched his tape against Louisville uh, and our guy um, Malik Cunningham getting out of the pocket and uh, and Jones was off after him and, uh, and tracked him down as well. So very impressive there. Um, really flexible, which really combines well with that speed. He, he's, he's an absolute guy. He's an absolute uh, beast when it comes to targeting the outside shoulder. You know, one foot in the in the dirt and kind of put and flexing inside there. Um, and I really like that kind of combination with the speed because before he's round you on the outside before um, before you kind of blinked at the, on the O line. Uh, lovely inside spin move, which uh, in that game against Louisville, I saw it two or three times. Kind of forces his man. Backwards uh, creates a gap on the inside and there's the inside spin move and he's on the quarterback in a flash. kind of strong legs to, 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 to make that happen. And then that's quite um, quite a, a strong asset as well. I watched him against uh, Notre Dame and he didn't have a whole lot of wins in that Notre Dame game, but he did kind of force Eichenberg back with some just powerful um, you know rushes in, and then forced Book out of the pocket, which obviously booked does quite well. So didn't get the kind of um, stats on paper that, that he might have deserved from that kind of performance. Um, very consistent as well. Uh, high motor uh, brings aggression every play. Things you love to see. Um, three down player, which the guy that I'll take as my sleeper isn't really, but that's kind of like moving into more of the, uh, um, NFL, the modern NFL the bottom end of our game, isn't it? He kind of lines up over the middle sometimes and rushes from deep, or uh, but the majority of the time is spent on the outside. Uh, uses uses length really well. Um, in the run game, gets low for tackles on running backs, a lot of that down to his left or his right. He's, he's getting around their ankles and bringing them down for a short a short gain um, and also uses his length well, gets up to block the odd pass, which um, you know I think you mentioned, Lee, you really like to see that side of the game as well. Uh, cons, a, a few for me, but um, things that are, are definitely are workable. Uh, the first is the kind of the bulk aspect, 260 at 6'5 isn't uh, huge and you can see from his he's quite... Um, Quite lean frame for 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 rusher so uh, you know uh, NFL team might want to improve that. Uh, and then there's one thing that just stood out to me time and again on uh, as a con. He goes to the outside nearly every time, and that's because of that aforementioned flexibility and speed. So when the the run play goes like right up the gutt, uh, and it kind of opens up an inside lane for uh, the running back to hit. So he just needs to kind of have, show a bit more patience there, I think. But again, that's really coachable. Um, hand movement as well if you watch the kind of first couple of years of tape uh, it's it's a bit slow it's a bit clunky doesn't really know where he's going with it he's got better but that Notre Dame game I mentioned you can see Liam Eichenberger quality tackle with his uh, with his hands he um, bosses him basically in that aspect doesn't win many at all there uh, so he just needs to improve that speed and technique to, to get around the edge also It's got Lee. I'll ask you this because you're the kind of expert on this, and and I'm not really an edge rushing guy. But is his stance really weird? Like sometimes it looks like he's almost like lying down, and then he just pops up. And I'm just like, surely this is really inefficient in terms of like generating force. It just it's just a strange little hop
2: i'm trying to think back is he and obviously i've watched a lot of edge guys over the recent does he kind of crouch down as though he's going to make a scrum in rugby a little bit
0: yeah yeah that's it and he's kind of like his back's flat and then he has yeah. to come up and push up as well which is a bit of a weird stance but obviously coachable but i, I was just like this is bizarre but yeah
2: it is unusual yeah for sure bit like a frog <laughs> That's <what I> was.
0: <laughs> so yeah that was odd but yeah I, I think um i mean i've got um i've got him as my favorite guy and i, and I had him in our first uh, mock of the year back in the back in september i think as the first round guy and, and he's only solidified that uh, that this year really impressive year um absolutely bullied up my florida state as well so yeah very high on him yeah, it's a player
2: I really like, actually. And I think you've hit a lot of the points I've got in my scouting report. I've got in front of me as I'm just scrolling around as you guys are talking to kind of see what I, what I agree with, what I disagree with. And you've named a lot of the things that that uh, you've you've mentioned there um, that I've got on my page. I thought that as much as he is like very very quick and very aggressive, I thought he was a bit stiff in the hips. Did you did you see that at all?
0: Yeah, I couldn't Don't see a lot like, waist bend. On. Yeah, a lot of like standing starts as well, obviously, where he got and but he generated quite a lot of like power from mm. those. But, but yeah, like, uh, like you say, it's either it was either the front position or like standing start, there wasn't much in between. So, yeah, that's my new newly christened thing. So, copyright that. Well, yeah, we'll,
2: <laughs> we'll keep that one in the memory bank for us. One one thing that I noted as well when I was reading to a bit of background as well that he studied for two degrees, which which gave him a little bump in my ratings as well because he's an academic guy, guy who takes school seriously, kind of thing. So, yeah, I yeah. kind of bumped him up ever so slightly for that as well.
0: Yeah, good, uh, good watching the interviews from the Senior Bowl where mm-hmm. um, he kind of excelled there as well. I, I think um, I was watching it in Daniel Jerome. I was kind of like waiting for him to show up because he uh, was his guy as well and, and came through with a massive sack uh, halfway through the, the, the second half, I think. And um, and to be honest, like in terms of where we'd like to see him, I can see him very easily go into like, the, the back end of the teams, Um and that, that Miami pig sits there and just like screams at me. We've been dying out for a... Uh, an edge rusher for years and uh, Emmanuel Agbar's good but this guy could definitely be better so I'd love that
2: Yeah, if you could pair him with a with a really sort of strong side defensive end and let him just kind of go off and rush past I know he said he's quite decent against the run and he's aware and things like that but just kind of let him tee off because he's got that athleticism hasn't he so yeah, yeah no, 100% Yeah, probably that I really like actually um, I won't ruin any more of my rankings after I've revealed number one already but uh, <laughs> yeah a player that features very highly for me as well um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish off with our kind of first round here with um, another Miami player, a player that hasn't started his career at Miami again, pretty similar to Quincy Roche. But I'm going to talk about Jalen Phillips, who came over uh, to Miami after starting his college career at UCLA. Um, he has, he's actually from California, uh, so obviously he switched coasts for his, when he had his transfer, um, but was the number one uh, high school player in the class of 2017, rated a five-star uh, number 41 all-time, according to 24-7 sports. So obviously massive, massive pedigree. Um, but I'm going to be honest, never really lived up to it in terms of the statistical um, sort of numbers that he's up, but that's down to injuries, which is what led to his transfer. He actually medically retired in 2018 due to concussions, which is why he's missed quite a lot of time throughout his career and obviously missed that year in the, in the transfer uh, portal and uh, came over to Miami Coming back to the the measurements as we always do to begin with, after we've kind of hit up the the kind of background and things like that, six foot five, uh, two sixty six is listed on Miami's website, um, and yeah, Phil just looks every bit of that. You know, we've been talking about some skinnier guys, but I feel like he looks like he's got a little bit of girth, especially in the legs as well, and he's quite a strong run playing defender because of that, and he's very very solid in in the way he kind of does that. Yeah, so a player that I really like, like I say, good good kind of like thickness in his build, uh, great length, good power, uh, very explosive off the ball as well, but also plays that savvy. I feel like the way that he plays the game, you can kind of see why he was such a highly recruited high school athlete, because he just seems to play with intelligence that belies his experience level. Um, and it's just that kind of, he just kind of can read the play a little bit, knows what's coming, knows the kind of intricacies of the game and, and how he kind of attacks. Andy mentioned half shoulder, you know, attacking that half man and He's obviously been doing that from a really young age, and that's why he was highly rated. And it just seems to have stuck. When you kind of see these more raw guys, they don't do that. They don't do the little things. And they kind of, like a bit like Gregory Rousseau, actually, as we mentioned, he kind of just tries to win with raw athletic ability. But I see that Jalen Phillips has got a little bit of a, uh, a nuance to his game, which is really good. Um, got that versatility as well. going back to what Rob was saying, rush off the edge, rush off the inside. Great athlete. And he's got great, great ability to chase down from the backside as well. Not the one of these that takes the playoff and kind of just like, like I like, oh, really. oh, was saying Prince Roche really, ah, that guy's will sort of out, he'll chase him down, you know, the safety will come across, or linebacker will come across. He'll go across the other side, obviously the hash marks and chase the running back down or whoever is it is that's running with the ball. Um, So yeah, no, I like that motor that he's got there. In in that, in terms of weaknesses, I don't actually see a great deal from coming here even perfectly honest, I think he's another guy with an incredibly high ceiling. A lot of it comes down to inexperience because he's missed quite a lot of time with injuries. Um, but yeah not too much in terms of glaring weaknesses to his game. when I was grading him out um, as I was kind of doing this for the guide, the lowest thing I've scored him on is actually change of direction which I gave him a seven out of 10. So if that's the sort of lowest thing that I can grade him on, he's pretty you know healthy across the board Kind of his downfall comes from inexperienced injuries I gave him kind of a red flag but kind of did also pick him up for having that pedigree as well. Um, so if you're looking for a guy who's got a super high ceiling, you know if you can keep him um, with kind of a clear medical grading, you know, if you want to check him out at his pro day and things like that and get your doctors involved and make sure that that concussion history is going to be something that's not going to crop up again over the next few years, I'm more than happy to spend a late first-round pick on him. I graded him a little bit less, but considering uh, the upside in this pick, I'd be happy to spend a first-round pick on him quite, quite easily, to be honest with you. Grading out very, 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 very closely with a couple of other guys who we've mentioned on the podcast tonight. So he's currently at edge two. I didn't want to ruin it. Um, And then a couple of other guys are very, very, very close. It's like a cigarette paper between three or four guys. Kind of plays into that what we were talking about earlier on with um, it not having the highest in terms of top, top uh, players, but it's got a lot of good value. End of day one, start of day two, probably even further on into that as we'll come on to our sleepers. But yeah, there's a lot going on with this edge class in terms of good value, good upside. And I think we've mentioned quite a lot of the guys there. But yeah, no, really good all-rounder, a guy that you want to see on the field a bit more. Maybe buffing out that sample size a little bit. But yeah, I'd be happy to spend a first-round pick on him for sure. But um, only for the upside value, not sort of where he is right now with his game.
1: I was um, I was going to pose this to you as more of a question, but I think given the like you said, there's no or well, not so many weaknesses, and where you just said you place him, I was thinking comparing him to Roche. Um, Phillips has really become a riser The more I've watched him I think I would probably prefer Phillips to Rocher Which I probably wouldn't have done About a year ago Like, Given mm-hmm. Phillips wouldn't have played as much And I quite liked Rocher at, at Temple I would have started this process Probably leaning towards uh, Rocher But yeah, the more I watch Phillips um, I think that I'd probably prefer To to take him And I, from what, everything you just said Sounds like you agree
2: Yeah, I would. Um, I obviously have him above uh, Roche by a little bit, but I don't know. Obviously, I'll I'll throw a question back at you. Is is that because of familiarity? Because obviously we've watched Roche at Temple and he's kind of blossomed and then he's come over to Miami and he's been pretty good. And then obviously Phillips has missed time of injuries and also had the year out with his his transfer and obviously this retirement as well.
1: Yeah. Like I didn't... I, I, yeah, I wasn't as familiar with Phillips' game but Yeah, for what you just said, but I knew about him and I knew that, like, the transfer from UCLA got um, some press coverage and so, like, seeing hmm. Miami, ACC coverage, uh, we get quite a bit of, so we got to see Miami quite a bit this year and then through this process, yeah, the, the more I see, the more I like him and I doesn't strike me as I, I mentioned like scheme diversity with roche either. i don't think phillips is as versatile i think he's more suited as a defensive end but he does it really really well
2: yeah i'd completely agree with that i don't think you'd see him kind of being a stand-up edge rusher off the edge um off the as a linebacker should i say and nor have i really seen him dropping coverage very much i don't think he's having much experience with that so yeah, would definitely be kind of like an even front guy rather than someone who you can stand up and and kind of rush as, as part of an outside linebacking sort of group, really. So, yeah, I completely agree.
1: It's Interesting, um, like you touched on it, that we should have had Will Smith on, That having these three Miami guys, and you wouldn't begrudge anyone kind of ranking three Miami guys in their top four or five at the moment. It's uh, really interesting, all these guys coming from the same school, being so high up, and uh, yeah, they're all going to be taken fairly comparatively early in the draft
2: yeah I think you know I think like what Rob said earlier I think Rousseau has, has kind of got the early running type kind of thing I think at the start of the season he was kind of everyone's edge one and it's kind of become a bit more murky now um, that obviously they never all played together because obviously Roche was brought in uh, to replace Rousseau almost but uh, would have been a scary trio had, had they all that lined up together so I'm sure you could have got a package out there where you could have got more one there
1: yeah did they have them come in when Rousseau was still expected to play they obviously probably did think that they were going to have the three of them
2: potentially I'm not sure of the timings if I'm perfectly honest mm. yeah but, um Rousseau like Rob said Rousseau pretty up- opted out pretty early didn't he Rob
3: yeah 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 he did um he was one of the first I th- I, I, they yeah. all came quite thick and fast in the end didn't they but I do vaguely remember him and Mika Parsons were fairly early early on
2: yeah, You're right, I think they were the two big ones, weren't they? Right, yeah. right early, and then the floodgates kind of opened, as you mentioned. Um, but yeah, there's our review of Miami Edge rushers plus a couple of other guys as well <laughs> in our first round of round of uh Edge rushers. We've got a couple of other guys, uh, to mention just around the room. Uh, Rob, we'll start with you because you're not spoken for
3: a little bit apart from that. When I yeah. got off guard just now, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah, one guy that again it depends where you look to where you get a sort of a a feel for where he's gonna go as chris rumpf who's a, a edge rusher from duke um seen a few people sort of putting him early second round seen a few people putting him late fourth round so kind of a day two day three early day three kind of guy um but it's hard to judge where exactly he's going to get drafted. Um, that's why I, did, I couldn't really put him as a sleeper, because I think he's a bit higher than a sleeper, but, uh, you know, not quite a day, day one sort of calibre player. Um Three-star recruit out of Gainesville, Florida. Uh, his father is the outside linebackers coach uh, for the Texans, um, so he's obviously been drilled well as a child um, to in these sorts of positions. Um, yeah, six, four, 235 pounds. Very light. Two hundred thirty-five pounds is, uh, yeah, sort of you get wide receivers that almost that. Um, so yeah, he's a very small edge rusher. Um, But don't let that fool you. Um, He's only missed one game in three years. He's very durable. Uh, He's got progressively better year after year, 25 tackles, three sacks in his freshman year. And then his his last year just gone, um, 52 tackles in just 11 games. Uh, And he was their sack leader as well um, for Duke. So, um, yeah, he's got progressively better and it's been um, impressive to watch. I said, like I said, his biggest knock, and we'll start with the cons, his biggest knock is that he is so small and he will need to put on some some size for the NFL. Um, It it will probably put off some scouts, to be honest, um, because he's so small. Um, But if you sit there and watch tape, He he doesn't play to that size. He plays a lot bigger. Um, He's an excellent pass rusher. Uh, 2019, he had um, 49 quarterback pressures off to 198 snaps. That's one in four um, snaps he was getting... QB pressures on which is quite high Um, very fast very handsy and violent with them hands he hits hard for a smaller dude Um, he's got a bouncy lower body it's like he's got springs attached to his knees Uh, he's got a wide arsenal of pass rush moves he knows how to beat the block He's got good counter capability, a non stop motor, um, very similar to how I described Patrick Queen last year coming out. I know he's a linebacker, but he was just non stop, just kept going and going and going like a Duracell battery. Um, he's a smart player. He understands his role and how to play it, he knows he's smaller. He knows he's got to be quicker. He knows he's got to, you know, do things differently. And he does it. And that's what's so impressive about Chris Rumpf is the fact that, yeah, you know, his metrics are small. He's a small dude. He might struggle at the next level. But he knows how to utilise his strengths very, very well. And that's why I think a lot of scouts might counterbalance the fact that he is small with the fact that he knows how to use it. He knows how to use that size to his advantage and he can bounce around uh, tackles and and guards quite easily. Um, And it's just, yeah, super um, efficient pass rusher. And I I just really liked him. I liked him on tape. Um, And again, the size is an issue. But I think that, like I said at the beginning of the show, you know, the NFL scouts these days, are, are, if, you're, if you're quick and you're efficient with what you do in any position in the league, you, that's going to give you a foot up. Uh, and I think Chris Rumpf has got that. So, yeah, excited to see where he lands. Um, again, I a, a kind of a, a call Gregory Rousseau a, a day one project guy. I think Chris Rumpf is a day two project guy. Um Again, it depends where he lands, but if he's on a team that can kind of use him in a learning kind of role for the first couple of years to to learn how to take that what he does so well, which is use his size to his ability, use his size to his advantage in college, he needs to transfer that to the to the pros. If he's put in a position where he can do that, then he's got every chance of succeeding as a speed rusher.
2: Yeah, he's an interesting player, isn't he? Because you hmm. see, like you say, wide receivers this size, he reminds me in build of Isaiah Simmons of, from last year. Sure. Hmm. You know, a long-armed, kind of skinny guy. Obviously, Isaiah Simmons was never going to play on the edge, but he could rush the passer as well, which was kind of one of his things that he could do yeah. as a part-time thing. I think that's what we're going to see with Chris from in year one and year two, maybe even year three, maybe for the rest of his NFL creative. I think he's going to be a situational pass rusher. Yeah. who's brought on in long and late downs and will play a bit of special teams and he'll do a good job for you because he's a great athlete. And like you say, he's got a high motor and and does a lot of good things right. And like you say, comes from a, a kind of uh, NFL kind of, kind of home, let's say, in terms of his yeah. dad being a coach in the league. I'm really interested in what people do with him. He's definitely going to be yeah. someone I'm going to be looking out for on draft weekend and kind of thinking, oh, I'll keep my eye out for him. The Chargers yeah. probably won't draft him, but I'll be looking at where he does go and seeing where he goes yeah. in the NFL. He'll be an interesting player for sure.
3: Yeah, he's, he's not going to be a pro bowler but he's going to be a consistent player who you know, offers something different on the line. So it's going to be really good to watch him.
2: Mm. Yeah, interesting. that Obviously, we've got um, two Duke head rushers. We've got Victor Di and I rank them pretty much exactly the same, which is quite strange because they're completely different players, but they came out with a pretty much the same numerical grade, which is kind of funny. Um, Liam, you wanted to mention... Well, we've got a couple of guys I want to mention, haven't we, because Kieran has let us down. If you're listening, when you're listening back to this, you let us down today, mate. Um so you've put us on a hole with quitty pie, who I think we'll talk about next liam do you want to talk about him first because you mentioned him i think on the other podcasts we' had earlier in the year and then I'll come in and, and tell you how much I dislike him
1: okay well I, I i won't build him up too much in that case'll <laughs> go for i know yeah I've, um yeah you're right i think uh, in the last mock I spoke about him because i i made him a pick for the titans i think um as a first round pick um i'm not going to say that I'm completely settled on him as a first rounder, but I think I've got him a bit higher than you have, uh, grade wise. Um, yeah, really good, uh, sharp, um, quick style of play again, which I quite like. Um, plays quick for. I, I talked about um, uh, the weight of Nojilari. Oh, I think Quitty Pie is. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but I think he's in like the 270 range. Um, weight-wise, so um, yeah, impre- that's impressive to me, because I think he carries that really well, and shows good acceleration, good burst to to the play. Um, I quite like the fact that um, you can line him up inside as well. Um, Michigan infused him as kind of like uh, um, more inside, like a three-tech, not just a kind of five-tech or a wider kind of edge rusher. I, I quite like that. I quite like that versatility. Yeah, um, there's um some really good instances of him against the run, which I like because I think that's something that I'd knocked a couple of these guys uh for. Um apart from apart from that, I think I'll just hand it back to you because I don't have any notes on him in front of me at the moment. <laughs> but, um I can tell that I'm h I know that uh, I'm a little bit higher on him than you are.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think you've nailed all the the strengths. The strengths are pretty obvious, I'm I'm going to be honest. It's all about athleticism. He was also a track athlete as well, part of the relay team, did long jump, obviously played football as well. So athletically, he's brilliant. Um, And that, I think, is where it stops. I don't actually see a great deal of pass rush ability with him. And one thing that I I noted, which I've got uh, quite high up in my notes here, is when he comes up against either a really well-drilled unit, such as Wisconsin, which is one game that I watched him against, or an elite tackle, such as Tristan Wirks, when he played against Iowa, nothing. I don't see anything. He gets shut down. So I feel like he's a bit of a flat-track bully, really. I feel like he uses – I mean, we've talked about other, other guys in the same manner, in the fact that he'll use that athleticism, and if he can kind of you know run rings around a slow-footed, heavy tackle, then he'll have joy. But when he comes up against like guys who know what they're doing – I don't see it. I mean, he's going to come up against a lot of guys who know what they're doing, apart from if he plays Kansas City, um, in the NFL in year one. And I just, I just don't know. I'm a bit scared. I'm scared because he gets talked up a lot about how good he is. And he's kind of been a riser for a lot of people, but I'm completely yes. the opposite way. Yeah, like you say, the motor's great. Um, I don't think he's got enough to say that he's uh, a, a kind of number one pass rusher in the class. No, I don't think he can. He can be a first rounder for me, anyway. I know that I'll be the outlier in that because a lot of people seem to like him and are kind of falling in love with this. Um, you know, he's elite athleticism. I'm not going to kind of take that away from him because I can't. But yeah, I don't know. He just scares me a little bit in terms of what I've actually seen from him against good competition, which is another thing that I kind of look out for. Um, it's kind of stark. You know, you got Tristan Worth, who's pretty like one of the premier athletes at that level, can kind of match him athletically, and he's just got no change out of him whatsoever.
1: it would make a lot of people look like that. That Oh, for sure. Yeah.
2: It's a tough assignment, isn't it?
1: To put together everything that we're saying between us and then what Rob said about uh, um, Rousseau and kind of where he can go. Going to a good defence, good defensive coach is what he does have. That's a good um, kind of model to, to kind of coach and to build on. It sounds like from putting together, getting what we're saying, that a lot of his shortcomings are coachable and that is probably where his his stock is his high stock is coming from because I think that he's got like a lot of traits there that good defensive coaches will then say well I can improve that and I can improve that and that we know that he's got the, the motor and the, the effort and to uh, to work with and to build on
2: mm. I think that's something that we've actually neglected to mention too much throughout this whole series really is landing spot is yeah. something that's so important. You know, if you can oh, have yeah. like the best player in the draft, but if they go to a bad situation, then it can go south quite quickly, can't it? We've seen it quite a lot. Every draft, yeah. really. <laughs> I'm not going to try and pick out any. I'm not going to name drop anyone who's kind of full victim. victims. That happens every year, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it does. Yeah. Charles Harris. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> that one's a bit painful for you, wasn't it? <laughs> I think quite a lot of people quite liked him a few years ago, didn't they? Four, four years ago, was it? Did you have to become a yeah. free agent four years ago?
0: No, it was uh, five years ago. He was a free agent. No, yeah, yeah, five years ago. It was a free agent last year. I think he ended up oh, maybe on the Broncos and then got cut there. So, okay. quality player. Says a lot
2: then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, we're obviously a player that I completely accept that I'm the outlier on, but I will probably go a lot earlier. But um, maybe it's my Michigan bias, anti-Michigan bias anyway. I don't know. We'll know. Surely not. We'll, we'll, know, in, we'll know in 12 months' time. When, when it
1: looks like... you know, When he's a pro bowler. Going either way. I
2: mean, if it is, everyone's got their misses, haven't they, to be honest? You know, it might be one of mine. Um, but yeah, no, um, quite low down on my edge rankings for the moment, at least. Um, another player that you wanted to mention, Liam, was uh, out of Texas, another school that I don't like. So this, this should be fun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it's been all ACC guys so far, hasn't it? And then mm. we're talking about guys from outside the ACC and it's not sounding so favourable for them. But I'm going to bring in, yeah, Texas Longhorn. Yeah. Um, I'm going to uh, bring in Joseph Osai. Um, Just um, briefly, um, not too in-depth on him, but yeah, I really like the guy. I think that um, he's got a really good chance to kind of push for the high second, even first round. I think he's going to rise in the next couple of months. Um, He's uh, 6'3", approximately 245, which uh, I thought was interesting because um, he looks bigger and like he's carrying more weight on film. So it was interesting. I thought he was a lot heavier. It's just something about his, his size and how he carries himself and his style. I thought that he was uh, going to be a bit bigger than that to think that he's only five pounds heavier than uh, Ojolari. Um, I think that's really interesting. I think that shows that he can kind of really put on a bit more weight if needed. Um, for our first mock drafts, I think I made him a first rounder and I did so as I like his uh, versatility, he's a strong edge guy, can play in the trenches, but he can also work as in more of a linebacker role, um, more so than other guys um, that we've mentioned. I think some people will probably even grade him as a linebacker. Um, explosive player, lots of acceleration and speed and power, foot speed in the open is really good to chase down a ball carrier. Um, more of a power-based pass rusher to me than... than others that have been mentioned in this episode, like I say, chases the ball really nicely. There's a play I've seen against uh, Oklahoma where uh, Oklahoma running back gets, gets free, gets into the open, gets about a good 20, 30 yards downfield of players chasing him and NSI, um, just kind of appears and gets through the traffic of about two or three bodies to kind of jump on the, the running back from behind and actually swipes the ball out and causes a fumble. Really, really nice highlight. Um, kind of shows a bit of everything about what he's about, using his his size, his, his ability to zero in on a ball and good motor, good chasing ability. Um, uh, to kind of um, give a couple of areas I think he can work on. I said that he's versatile, but I think he does need to improve a bit if you want him to be a linebacker that drops into coverage. Um, like I say, he's kind of caused some turnovers, but it's, it's not his forte. He's certainly more of a, more of a pass rush first kind of guy. Um, like I say, because of his build, I think he can add weight and develop into four, three defensive end. And I think it shouldn't be too much of a problem for him, given what he's shown us, um, pass rush skill set. Um, or he's, um, also got the skills, I think, to play as more of an outside linebacker type guy. Yeah, just like him because of that versatility. And I think he's going to rise a little bit uh, throughout this process. So that's why I wanted to bring him up.
2: Mm. Yeah, he's, a, he's to be honest, I don't have him graded too highly, but I feel that's because he played a lot of linebacker at Texas early in his career. So he, don't, mm. he doesn't have a great deal of edge rush, pure edge rush kind of film. Yeah. So it hurts him a little bit in his evaluation. Um, but he's a player that I don't mind, actually. I was, I was kind of joking that I don't like Texas too much, but he's, he's actually a player that kind of stood out. And I had him um, as kind of a player to watch before the season. And he's exactly that when you see him on tape, isn't he? He's everywhere, and his motor's really good. He's a great athlete as well. And um, I just wish he'd sort of been not made to play earlier, but I just wish the coaches at Texas had done that sooner because he does play a lot of off-ball linebacker. Yeah. It's interesting that you think he can kind of be a hand in the dirt guy because that would be a complete almost metamorphosis of playing off ball to then. Yeah, he's playing off, uh, you know, with a hand in the dirt kind of thing. I think he's be better as a odd front um, outside linebacker, if I'm honest. So I feel like yeah. he retains that skill. I think he can
1: do both. I think it's to do with, uh, like I said, I focused on his build and he just looks, and that's why I was surprised to, for how light he was. He looks and plays much bigger. Hmm. And to me, that's a guy that can you can you can work him in the trenches if you need to. So it's just, uh, yeah, that word versatility. It's just another area for him to kind of be considered.
2: Yeah. I think uh, it's a phrase I've used a few times on these podcasts, but a, a ball of clay, I think he is. I think he's a bit of a um, jack of all trades, master of none kind of thing at the moment. And I feel like if he gets, like we said, a good landing spot, a good defensive coordinator, who kind of makes him yeah. one thing, then he can, you has got the skill set to excel for sure. But yeah, um, Yeah, I had to kind of mark him down a bit lower than I thought because I didn't see enough kind of edge rush tape kind of thing, and that's what I'm grading him as I'm not grading him as a linebacker. Might have graded out fairly well as a linebacker if I'd done it, but you know, I'm grading him as an edge rusher, which he kind of comes out averagely at this point, apart from the physical stuff.
1: He's a bit of a splash player. There's a lot of good highlight reel guy, but uh, yeah, can be a bit hit and miss on in a whole game and got whole game tape.
2: Mm, Yeah, but yeah, one to watch for sure. Another player that I'll be looking out for definitely. Um, yeah, the last Texas edge rush that I quite liked was Charles Menifee, who kind of dropped, but I kind of still really liked him. Um, but yeah, no, for sure, one to watch um, maybe day two onwards for for sure. Um, but yeah, that, that kind of wraps up there for our first round of um, of players. There, we'll move into our sleepers. So we've got kind of a, a lot of guys here in our sleepers who we feel like maybe I mean, amongst us, because I feel like I've got an idea of who a couple of you guys have gone for. I'm not going to go for Rob's uh, famous prediction of the other week where he thought we all the same guy. But I feel like we're all kind of between a rock and a hard place with a lot of these guys. Because I feel like some of these guys could be in day two and we kind of say day three only. But I know that my guy's kind of on the periphery of that. And I'm kind of a guy who doesn't really go too deep with these sleepers too much. But
3: So what um, you're saying is I could have had Chris Rump here.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I feel like... The player that I've got at least, and I know one other person who's got a similar player who they're kind of on that edge. So, yeah, maybe. But, you know, it's another name that we've mentioned. You've got Chris from out the way anyway. So, you know, anyway, in fact, why don't you, why don't you start us off
3: then? Seems that like you've mentioned. Oh, uh, okay. If I have to. Um... <laughs> why, do you, why do you sound like that? <laughs> no, no, I don't know. I don't know. Edit that
2: out. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
3: Uh, okay. Um, who do you think I've got then, Lee?
2: Uh, I think you've got the guy from Coastal Carolina, Teron Jackson.
3: Oh, great guess. No, you're wrong. No. Um, I have <laughs> I have got Ardy Ugandaji from Notre Dame. Um, I have to, you know, naturally. I'm um, surprised <laughs> you didn't get that, to be quite honest. Um, struggled with his name, so I've shortened it to to A.D. Ardy, whatever you want to say, because his, his his first name, his mother likes it, the commentators to say his real name, and it's just tongue twister. It's are they to come are they to combo or good daji there you go uh absolutely it. <laughs> yeah ruined it um yeah a three-star recruit from ward lake in michigan um a couple of offers uh oregon Cal Pitt um signed with Notre Well actually signed for Western Michigan, but decommitted and uh, then went to, to Notre Dame. Um was on the scout team um as a freshman, uh as tends to be the norm with the sort of top colleges, um, if you're not like an outstanding player. Um, but he did have an injury in his high school senior year, uh, a knee injury, I believe. Uh, So yeah, was on the uh, scout team for for his freshman year. Um, Played in five games as a redshirt freshman, mainly on special teams. Uh, Redshirt sophomore played all thirteen. It wasn't very convincing. Redshirt junior year got his first start. Total 34 tackles, but it was his last year, 2020. Red uh, as his red shirt seniors, where he sort of broke out. A couple of the Notre Dame guys went off to the draft last year, um, gave him an opportunity, and he did quite well. Statistically, nothing really jumps off the page, but when you watch him, he's actually you know a, a really handy player. Um, so again, I, I, I mentioned at the beginning of the show that I was going to have some some sort of versatility in, in my players, and, and I think. Agandaji, he, he kind of lines up more as a defensive end rather than an edge rusher. And f- for those sort of wondering what the kind of difference is, I, d- I don't really know. Uh, <laughs> no. um, he's not really, he's not a speed guy on the outside. He's, he's more of a, he's almost like an inside rusher. Um, he's not the fastest. He's not got a hell of a lot of speed. Uh, he's, he's more of a power guy, but he hasn't got that much power either. He's a, he's a weird kind of player. That's not, like I said, he's not an out and out edge rush speed rusher at all. Um, he's got good length. He's nice and violent hand technique. Uh, physically gifted. He's got some good attributes. Um, physically, He's got a good amount of power and explosion, but nothing really elite. Um, he sets the edge well in run, in run defense. And, he, yeah, like I said, he progressed really well in 2020, uh, especially with his pass rush moves. He's got a high motor. Like I said about Rumpf as well, he didn't stop going. Um, so there's some really nice things about his game. Um, there's not really one elite trait. He's not super good at one thing and not so good at another. He's kind of an all-rounder kind of player. Um but if you were to mention the cons, it would be the speed is one aspect where he, he just hasn't naturally got the speed. Um, he could do with adding a bit more weight as well, just to garner that power. I did say, I don't know if I mentioned his uh, six four two hundred sixty eight 6'4, 268 pounds. So he's not the smallest guy, uh, by, by any means, but he could, again, if he's not going to be a speed guy, he needs to be a power guy to be a power guy. You need to have a bit more weight. Um, so he could do with a bit more, put a bit more weight on for the pros. Um, I've mentioned the speed. Um, yeah, it's he, kind of like i I've got here, it's kind of like a hybrid edge defensive end um, who can play on the interior or as a gap rusher, fairly versatile. So he can play different roles on that line. Um, so, you know, he, just because he's not a, a speed freak, edge rusher, doesn't mean that he's not good at his job. Um, and he is, and he's going to be a day three pick. He's a project pick, um, but he's, he, Plays well on tape. He's, he's got a good ability of force fumbling as well. He tends to reach out well and 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 snap balls down. Um, he had three or four good um, force fumbles that I saw on tape. So, yeah, he's a good one to watch. And, again, he's not going to fly off draft boards, but he's going to be a guy that you'll probably see around the NFL for three or four years, a guy that could get better and better and end up being a consistent player for an NFL team.
2: Do you feel that because he isn't, kind of elite in one thing that really kind of limits the ceiling there
3: a little bit. I think it limits the ceiling, but I think there's potential for him to get elite at something. Do you know what I mean? Like there is, there's plenty of growth areas. Like he's never going to be a speed rusher, but he can be a power rusher. Like I said, if he puts some weight on, goes to the, goes to the weight room a little bit and, and sort of harkens onto that as his trait, as his elite sort of weapon, he can get better at that. And he's a good rusher. Um, you know, they, they, it's, it's hard to explain it how he plays, but like I said, he's good with his hands, really good with his hands. Um, and he's got a knack of force fumbling as well. So he he can put good pressures on, on quarterbacks and on rushes. So he, he, he's got a role. He's just got to define it. And he's got to define it at the next level, which I think he can do with the right coaching. Mm, yeah, those splash plays are going to be
2: really important to his game, aren't they, when he brings those to the table?
3: Yeah, definitely.
1: Had a really good senior bowl. Um, which is good for his stock. Like uh, yep, and A lot of people have kind of caught on to it and I've seen a lot of positives from it that he had a good senior bowl. Like I say, it's going you know, to uh, really help in terms of how pro scouts see and we all know how important the senior bowl is.
0: Mm.
2: Yeah, I think Mike might get a couple of mentions in uh, for the rest of the podcast um, for the sleepers that we've got picked because, yeah, like I say, it's something that we we take a lot, quite a lot of stock in and it's... Um, you know, they did a magnificent job getting it on, didn't they? I'm sure we all kind of took in a little bit of it at least. And they, they did a great job getting it in and, and getting those guys that, those reps and that exposure that they they, they got. And it was it was a great event, as it always is.
3: Yeah. It's, and quickly going back to, to Ogandaji, that's just a, a, a testament to his character, coming from being on a scouting squad and, and not really having an opportunity in Notre Dame to this last year going getting an invite to the senior bowl and being a team captain it speaks volumes about him as a player, like wanting to get better and wanting to to, to succeed and getting results. That's the kind of player that he is. And I think that if he carries that mentality through to NFL, that's where he's going to get recognized. And that's where he's going to build up those traits to become uh, a a starter potentially.
2: Yeah. An interesting player to watch for sure. Senior bowl usually means that you're going to get drafted if you have a good senior bowl, at least so. Kind of another guy that we're watching out for, probably on day three, but yeah, I'm gonna be watching out for for sure. Um, Andy, we'll come to you, we'll come to you next with your with your sleeper.
0: You thought I was going Joshua Kindo, didn't you? Is that what you thought? No,
2: no, I didn't actually. I didn't think you'd go for the obvious one, unless you oh, double yeah. bluff me there.
0: No, <laughs> I have gone for the unobvious one, uh, on our defense. Um, and Janarius Robinson, who is the uh, six foot five, 266. Ed Rusher. and To be honest, I don't really know why we haven't been very good when you look at uh, <laughs> Robinson and Kondo, because they're both very, very good Ed Rusher's and uh, both will definitely, I think, be starters in the league within uh, a year or two. Um, and if you look at the kind of pedigree from FSU and, and Ed Rusher over the last few years, it's been quite strong in Brian Burns, uh, Montez Sweat, uh, DeMarcus Walker, Mario Edwards, um, all kind of Big names and big players, and that's exactly what Genarius Robinson's going to be as well. A uh, Four-star recruit out of Panama City, Florida, uh, kind of offered by all the big schools. Um, the the kind of stat line for him isn't isn't particularly good. It's fairly solid. Um, it shows potential. Uh, Thirty-four games played, uh, eight sacks, twenty-one tackles for a loss, and two forced fumbles. And he's completely the opposite of uh, Patrick Jones in terms of uh, style he's a very much a, a run player for me um, very long arms 87 inch wingspan um, really good for playing the run in that aspect really strong hands wins inside um, very kind of uh, fighty very very like stabby with his hands and that kind of knocks his man back so really likes to watch that um, powerful in the run game uh, in the run game he kind of uh, he loves standing up running backs, really. Uh, you know, they come into him and he just stacks them, drives them back. It's really nice to watch. Um, and he anticipates their kind of movement really well. He gets along the along the line to make the tackle. Very high high IQ kind of uh, DM. So uh, a lot of time for that aspect of his game. He's, he's like I say, he's completely different to, to Jones in the fact that he's very strong, very broad build, despite the kind of six pound difference in 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 their kind of weight. He's a lot more solid. Um and it's kind of made for driving his man back towards the quarterback. Um, still very flexible for, for a guy built like that, bends his knees to get around the outside very well. Um, and um, as I said with, with Jones earlier, the length thing is really key. He's uh, blocked multiple uh, place kicks for uh, for FSU, and that's his kind of MO, is that, that kind of special team contribution. So uh, he'll be looking to carry that through to the next level as well. Uh, Solid effort, lots of power on goal line stands, and that's really where he excels. Like I say, against the run game, uh, shutting down that kind of short yardage situation. So really good at that. And uh, I think Liam mentioned earlier, really key that you can tackle well, and his tackles look fantastic. He's uh, you know wraps up and, and brings his man down. Uh, his his cons obviously stands out as modest production I think that's just an FSU problem for the last couple of years like I say this guy projects really well into the NFL but um, if you're looking for much like you know a ton of sacks obviously this isn't your guy Um, that kind of reflects in the fact that he wasn't really a three down um, sort of guy there's lots of uh, tape where he kind of rotates out on second down if if it's an obvious passing situation he comes in on third and short yardage he comes in on first down when you're not really sure what the the play is going to be but he often if like if FSU would make a stop and it's second and ten he, he kind of cycles out and, and lets the more agile guys come in. Um, I think he gets swallowed in double coverage really easily. That's a, that's a bit of a problem when the guard moves out there. He doesn't really gain a lot of ground, so needs to work on some more pass rush moves. And um, he probably needs to speed his get up, get off, sorry, um, up a bit. Really, you know, not that explosive, but just really solid and really, uh, really strong when it comes to uh, rushing the passer.
2: Yeah, for, just for clarity, I thought you were going to go for Ronnie Perkins as, as a oh, new Oh, yeah, I do like him it. Recently. I really liked him
0: the other day. Yeah, he like, he's like, just his hand movement is fantastic. I saw like him just rushing the passer with like a straight arm. He was that kind of strong, so I, I enjoyed that. But yeah, I, I thought I'd stick at home because I, I like Robinson. I think it's only right to mention that both FSU guys, I think they're, they're going to go uh, mid-round and, and be productive. So
2: both you think, both think they'll get drafted uh, quite quite comfortably then in that case?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think like, like I say with uh, with this guy uh, with Robinson, he, he projects like all the kind of intangibles are there, and all the measurements are there, and all the skill set is there. If you look in, in enough tape, it's just like. FSU's defence has just been terrible just been walked all over I've said it and it's so bizarre when this year you think we're going to get Nazareth Dean, Samuel, Robinson Kondo all drafted and Marvin Wilson and you kind of left like, <laughs> like that's that's half your starting defence and it's still been absolutely trash so uh, that kind of points to the coaching doesn't it
2: Yeah it's a funny one I remember actually mentioning that earlier on in the season maybe maybe before the season so how much draftable talent there is and then um yeah, it's not gone to pan, is it unfortunately, <laughs> yeah.
0: to say the That's least. <laughs> but um yeah, part of weird, rebuild, but yeah. It? That's it, yeah. All part of the me, but all part part of the kind of development. But these guys have all shown enough on tape to to to, to make it to the next level comfortably, I think. I think Robinson's fourth, fifth round, I think kind of probably slightly before that, uh, given he's kind of like vine-like arms you know they're fucking but like mr tiffle out there Steve. just that size of those uh, those arms is fantastic so yeah but um but yeah i like them both be looking to see where they go
2: yeah i've, I've got a, i've got a way i've described him but again i'll keep ruining what i've what, no one's gonna buy this draft guide i'll look at the edge uh, <laughs> section because i keep talking about it so much um but yeah i've got a way way i've described him for sure um, i'm gonna go next um i'm gonna well a player that did start in florida um but ended up uh, moving out of there and going somewhere in alabama i'm gonna go for jordan smith the edge rusher out of um, university of alabama birmingham he actually started at miami um but had to well he left of his own accord but kind of uh, had a alleged credit card scam for him <laughs> so he was uh, engaging in a bit of fraud there so ended up kind of leaving of his own accord kind of maybe uh, jumped before he got pushed in the Jim McElwain era. And although we were talking about ill discipline at the Florida Gators last week, weren't we, Liam? Maybe Jordan Smith was kind of another one um, in that one. In a, in a terrible era, actually, for Florida under Jim McElwain. Um obviously had his own indiscretions, to, to say the least. And if you um, don't know what I'm talking about, go and look it up. It's very, very interesting to say the least. Um, but yeah, Jordan Smith, let's get back on point. So a three-star recruit out of uh, Georgia. Um, he originally enrolled to South Carolina, but then ended up decommitting and going to Florida as I mentioned, ended up um, sitting out in the 2018 um, season because of this uh, transfer that he had to do and ended up at uh, UAB. And he's been pretty good. And another one, um, as I mentioned, who had a really decent senior ball, especially in um, the one-on-ones, that I ended up watching quite a long YouTube video of loads and loads of one-on-ones for corners and also at the, in the trenches as well. And John Smith really showed out in that. So another one, it kind of, you know, I'd already looked at his film um, and upgraded graded him appropriately, but um what he, that's kind of got sealed his appearance in this section for me a, a player that i'm kind of excited about um measuring up he is six foot seven and a proper six foot seven at that uh, and 255 pounds he's listed on the uab website so um another kind of long lanky edge rusher that we've got in this group that we've kind of been talking about today and has got plenty of length to kind of work through it and he kind of uses it as well and he's used it to good effect actually, and got quite a lot of production uh, 14 and a half tackles uh, sorry 14 and a half sacks should i say uh, whilst at UAB in those in those two years since the 2018 season, a whole host of quarterback um, hurries, a whole host of tackles for loss. Um, I am getting with pushing almost 30 tackles for loss. And um, yeah, quite a lot of um, just action around the quarterback for sure. And uh, one, Inception as well, just kind of give you kind of a rundown of his statistical kind of production throughout his, uh, his career at UAB. But yeah, watched obviously a lower end of the kind of film spectrum. But when we're kind of doing this, one thing that I like to see is that he jumps off the page so if I kind of pulled someone in who didn't know the game of football too much and I could say like, who's the best player on the field and the person who I was watching it with would say that guy. And I feel like Jordan Smith is that, at the, that's this level in Conference USA. Um, a lot of athleticism and that kind of comes across in the, in everything that I was looking at. Uh, Good backside shoot again. I've mentioned that a couple of times with that high motor, kind of what you want to see, you know, kind of not kind of being down in the dumps about kind of having to drop down level after being, you know, a power five at a top end power five school at that. Um, Plays as an outside linebacker in the three, four system. And um, yeah, just kind of gets after it um, in all aspects of the game, you know, in terms like I say, motor, got the power, got the strength and can fight through contact often, obviously because he is the best player on the field, running backs are out chipping him and things like that. And the opponent is just making it really difficult for him. But he kind of seems to play through that quite a lot. Um, the other thing is, because if we're kind of moving into the uh, weaknesses section, really, he's, I feel like he's missed out on a bit of coaching. Obviously, he's having to take a year out, probably not getting as good a level of coaching at UAB as he would have done at Florida. So he's kind of missing that refinement, his pastoral skills and also his, his counters as well. And um, obviously, level of competition has suffered uh, just through natural by dropping down there. One one sort of red flag aside from kind of uh, moving away from Florida is you can still see there's that moment of ill discipline in his game. He'll kind of come up and he'll kind of jaw with the other guys in the, in the offensive line. Maybe he'll kind of push, he'll kind of shove, things like that. And he's going to get flagged for it at the next level. He needs to kind of learn to kind of keep his cool a little bit. And maybe it's just a kind of bit of character flaw, which does mean that he'll kind of maybe slip down the boards um, from from in some eyes of some GMs and. You know, being really really harsh, some GMs might take taken him off the board straight away because he's had to transfer because of uh, an indiscretion in his in his past, which is a bit of a shame. Obviously, it's not non it's non-violent. Um, obviously, it's not kind of advocating credit card fraud or anything like that. But you know, it's it's for, for college behavior. It's not the sort of worst that we've seen uh, in recent years for sure. Um, so hopefully, you know, it can be a bit of a redemption story for him. It's a player that I like, and like I said, I had a good senior So Hopefully, that'll boosting up but yeah periphery of of day two and day three in terms of his play whether he'll get drafted that highly because of things that have happened in the past it remains to be seen but yeah player I really like actually and like I say a good senior ball yeah go for it Liam
1: really like uh, a few UAB guys in this draft they got a couple of really good receivers that are going to be late picks and uh, like last year there was one or two guys that were kind of Really late, probably didn't even get drafted. That I liked a lot more than, than most. So yeah, it's good to hear these some UAB guys getting mm. mentioned.
2: Yeah, it's Austin is it Austin Watkins there. Austin Watkins, yeah, he's, a, he's quite and um,
1: uh, Marshall as well. Forget mm. the guys Christian name, names. Real flash player. Some really good highlights.
2: Yeah, yeah, got got a bit of talent going on down there. The, because of their geography, I feel that they they're in a really good position to kind of hoover up a lot of these kind of. guys who've gone a bit wayward um you know still in alabama you're gonna get seen quite a lot you know you can probably not too far away from home if they're kind of from like florida or georgia or uh, alabama itself
3: and they're in a good position to kind of like say like get these guys on their second chance almost i think you've just nailed nailed it on the head really because talking about austin watkins i I was grading him the other day and he's exactly that he had no offers coming out of high school went to juco um and they hooved him up from juco um Mm. And you know he's, he's actually turned out to be a pretty decent receiver, and nowhere near his cousin Sammy, but he's, he's you know he's still a decent receiver. So um, mm. so yeah, that's, that's a very good shout actually about UAB.
2: Yeah, draftable draftable talent for sure. Austin Watkins. Um, I didn't know Sam Watkins is cousin actually. So nice
3: you What So let in the other day. <laughs> Sorry.
2: <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, that's cool. Um, last one then, Liam. You finished off uh, with your sleeper.
1: All right, I'll, I'll ask you the question as well because the other two did. Who do you think I've got?
2: Um, well, I know who you've got because <laughs> well, we you, discussed you, it in the You, other day, have,
1: you it. spoil it now. You could. Yeah, I, I'm to <laughs> <pretty> honest.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you were the one I didn't know, and I thought Andy would have been uh, Ronnie Perkins. I thought there was the two that I could have got, but obviously fell flat in his face that one as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, I brought I brought it up because uh, yeah, the other day, like at least, uh, like as we've mentioned doing the edge class for our scouting guide and uh sent me a message uh saying have you watched malcolm coontz from buffalo and i immediately replied Shh, because he's my sleeper for the <laughs> he's my sleeper um uh, so we we uh, instantly uh kind of gave it away but anyway there we go um that meant like, i couldn't have him. it did, did mean yeah <laughs> so i quickly got any more that you want to suggest to me that i can then claim before you <laughs> as well and, no,
2: so
1: no, no, yeah. Yeah, as I say, uh, Malcolm Koontz uh from Buffalo is my edge uh, sleeper. I think one of the best defenders in the MAC. Um I've gone to the MAC before for sleepers and uh um been watching uh this guy play really well on the defensive line uh for the Buffalo Bulls for a couple of years. Um he's uh, listed at 6'3" approximately 250. Uh he's senior. Um, played on the Buffalo Bulls defensive line uh, since 2017, since showing up as a uh, freshman, and um, stat wise, just better and better from from their first year. It shows uh, really well, real ascension to the point where he's become their best defender. Um, 2019 uh, was probably his uh, his best season, his strongest season stat wise. He led the MAC in sacks with nine and was MVP in the Bahamas bowl, the last game of that season. And, um, I always say, if you can show up in bowl season, then, then that's a good sign. Uh, this season in uh, the 2020 season, he's had uh, five sacks. Um, he's, uh, last couple of years, um, was voted, uh, max, uh, on the max all conference team. Uh, like say another talent, uh, from, from Buffalo's, uh, defense. They've had some good ones over the years. Khalil Mack has, uh, one of the better edge uh, guys uh, in the year that he came out comes to mind. Um, And uh, yeah, I'll have uh, some pros to his, his playing style here. Um, First, I really like his tackling a lot. It's uh, been mentioned on this, that you just want, if you can tackle well, then that's a really, obviously a good sign for a defensive lineman. Um, He really likes to finish a play, really buries guys into the ground when he, when he tackles, like it a lot. Uh, Shows really good length. Um, has some good moves against pass blockers as well, using the the length, um, upper body, and um, strength in the arms as well. He dips really nicely, turns really well. I'm going to use the phrase body control again. Um, does it at speed? Um, yeah, a bit of a speed blocker again. A bit similar to Jelari, I guess, in that sense. Um, he's really, um, I think, he's a real challenge for single blocks, um, especially in the MAC and the level that he's playing at. He's often uh, the best player um, on the field there. Uh, Uses his uh, length really well with arm placement as well is another note I've got on him. And then to add to the the speed side of his game, really athletic and effort in the pass rush. Um, Really, really good. Really shows up. uh, Really watchable guy. Um, Buffalo set him off from the line of scrimmage and further wide from uh, two-point stance if they uh, want to. So, uh, yeah, he shows a bit of versatility, plays in different roles. Um, Really like like the fact that he can kind of come inside uh, um, and play off the line of scrimmage not so wide uh, when he needs to. Um, I think the areas where he needs to work on um, it's just um out and out brute strength, really. He's not going to be a guy that's just going to ball rush. Um, he's not going to even kind of just try and force his way through um single blocks. I think sometimes he can be a little bit knocked off track a little bit, um, especially when he's double teamed, which which does happen. Um, because I think they know uh that he's worth double teaming often in the ma- Um, a big area for me, I think, that he needs to improve is against the run. Um, I don't. I think that he, he fights uh, back inside really well uh, when he's pushed uh, or rushes from a uh, wide area. Um, if a player isn't coming his way, I think he can get a little bit uh, lost. So maybe um, change the direction, something that can be improved. Um, to, something that showed up to me on a couple of games uh, that I watched is that he can lack a bit of effort chasing the run play. Um, I think that um, he was kind of just slowing down if he isn't the first guy chasing a ball carrier it kind of was a bit noticeable that he was kind of um even though he wasn't so far away just kind of uh, yeah shutting it down a little bit and you feel like I felt like on one or two plays that were going towards the sideline if they then came back in field he could have been uh, in place to make the play if he um if he kept the effort up I think that might be hopefully that's just down to maybe his confidence with the run I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because I like him and uh, say that that I think he knows that he's, he's got it in the past game and that maybe that's a confidence issue against the run. Um, I think that uh, another thing uh, to note is that there's a lack of reps um, dropping back into coverage. He's going to be like um, front facing just pass rush. I think as a player, I don't think he, you can kind of grade him as a, as a linebacker which just some of the other guys we've mentioned, you could probably could, um yeah, like I say, I, I like like Koontz as a player. I think that there's there's further room for growth as I've mentioned. I'd probably play him as a three four pass rusher. Um, but I think he could potentially be a day two guy. I think that there'll be good people, um, scouts and coaches that that like him at the next level. I think he's gonna have, uh I think he's gonna be drafted uh, yeah, fairly high.
2: Yeah, I'd agree. I was really excited actually. Considering the, the level that he's playing at, obviously in the MAC, it's one of the you know the lower conferences for sure. Yeah. And what excited me about him more than anything was his um, his technical proficiency with his hands, his hand placement, the way he's kind of swiping people away and his counters and things like that. That's kind of what you see from kind of high high sort of echelon guys. Yeah. Not usually kind of from MAC sort of fringe day two day three guys, mm-hmm. which is what Malcolm Kunz probably is. And I think that. Really pushing up my boards and made me excited about it because you don't even see that from some of the guys we've been talking about. You know, who was saying like, you know, first half of the first round guys potentially in terms of their draft position.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's I think better that's than where all of those guys. Yeah, and that's the like I mentioned body control. I think that, and you mentioned about uh, like guys that can you can show people that they obviously stand out. I think that's kind of um, where I was alluding to with those those notes that he is, he's obviously that guy on on that defense. And like I say. When I say that he'd struggled against uh, double blocks, I think that's just because they know he's he's coming and he needs stopping. Mm-hmm. He, he definitely shows up at that level.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think I've, I've ended my uh, little summary on him. Uh, take him in the mid-rounds, uh, put him in an NFL weight training programme and reap the benefits. That's all I've ended yeah. up with. Yeah, he's, so l-
1: like... he's a bit thin and long, isn't he? He's got the length and he, he can add, add a bit of muscle, I think. I like think I said, I knocked mentioned. him for his ball rush and... He's not that sort of player at the moment.
2: I think, as you mentioned, he he just gets pushed around in the run game way too much. And it's kind of that liability kind of thing that I was mentioning right at the top of the podcast, where he's not a liability in terms of his skill. It's just that he doesn't strong enough to hold up. So what are you doing with him? It's kind of going to be that maybe in the early days of what kind of Andy's saying about Robinson at FSU, where he's kind of taken off the field and some reps and things like that. And he's bit situational to begin with. But yeah, there's a lot to work with. And he's kind of quite advanced in some... um, Areas that you don't see a lot of advanced uh, sort of proficiency in, I feel sometimes.
1: Yeah, I know I'm, I'm going to repeat it because I knocked him for it, but the effort against the run was a little bit frustrating to me. I really think he did just slow down on a couple of plays, and like I say, I want to because I like him. I want to give him the benefit of doubt and say that's a confidence thing. I think he knows that his weaknesses are in that area, but uh, yeah, I'm sure. Hopefully, he's coachable. You he can improve that.
2: Yeah, for definite. And yeah, one of my like favorite edge guys. And when I was Watching the edge tape recently for the for the guide, I'd watched a lot of players that I didn't really like, and then he popped along, so it was quite a nice surprise as well, which was quite nice, um, which was, yeah made him stand out maybe a little bit more. Um, but yeah, no player that I really like for sure. Right then, yeah, so there, there we go, lads. Um, edge class in the books. Um, we've only got one of these left to go, and that's quarterbacks next week. Um, so yeah, big big episode. I'm sure we'll talk out a lot of names uh, when we're talking about the quarterbacks next week. Um, and then we'll have to uh, wait and see what we're doing after that.
3: Go on, Rob, if you've got something Uh, i was just uh, no i I haven't but i will uh i was just gonna say something i think think the quarterback um i think the quarterback pod will be slightly shorter there's a lot less guys to choose from so uh be interesting to see who who's the sleepers because there's not many to choose from hmm interesting i thought we might say a lot because it's quarterbacks just easy to talk about, isn't it? Oh, definitely, yeah. We'll, we'll definitely get deep with the uh, statistical and uh, with the technical the jargon that we throw at you from a weekly <laughs> basis. But uh, as for a, a depth standpoint, it'll be interesting to see who we're going to pick out.
2: Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like you say, it's not, not the most deep class, isn't it? But anyway, let's not put people off our next podcast that we're going to our next week before I, we get started. I tried to bum us up. I tried <laughs> to say that we're going to be statistical <laughs> we're going to be technical, so... <laughs> Anyway, let's get out of here. Let's uh, let's give some handles and let's get out of here. Um, Andy, let's let's start with you.
0: Yeah, AJ Moore twenty one dolphin UK underscore pod. Um, yeah, man, I'm I'm absolutely loving digging into these wide receivers for the uh, for the guide. It's some some really interesting guys that are around that mid range. So yeah, check check that out. There's a, a few videos, a few tweets on that on my, on my personal account at the moment.
2: Yeah, for sure. A guy that you you tweeted um, was it earlier on today? Who we kind of missed out from our wide receiver pod last week. But yeah, no, definitely high on him for sure. Uh, Rob,
3: what about yourself? Uh, find me at NFL Brit Baller um and I am thoroughly enjoying editing this because I am learning so much from what you guys are writing it's incredible just to go through these guys I think I'm, I'm editing and thinking god this player he sounds like he's decent who is this um so yeah it's good to it's a good for me to read what you're putting as well um so little heads up for the for the listener here buy the guide when it comes up because it is well worth it.
2: Yeah, should be a great should be a great read for everyone who get who gets it. Um, yeah, we'll be releasing more details of that in the coming weeks. We had a nice little productive meeting this lunchtime, and uh, yeah, maybe later on this week we'll be able to give you a couple more details after we've finally nailed them down. But yeah, we're getting there with this, and should be with you well before draft season, looking at probably about April, uh, early April time to get this out to you guys. Um, but yeah, more more coming in the in the coming days and weeks for that one. Uh, Liam, what about yourself?
1: can find me on Twitter at Liam66NFL. Loads of uh, NFL, although there'll be less now, now that the season's over and I've recovered from the Super Bowl and the Buccaneers winning the Super Bowl, who actually um, for the last three years had really good uh, draft classes and now they're Super Bowl champs. So um can uh, follow me for all the draft stuff that we're doing. I'll be putting out all sorts of threads and things and working on our scouting guide that's coming together really well. But yeah, that Liam sixty six NFL. I
3: like I like what you do there. I see that from time to time pops up on my on my timeline uh, the, those little like stat nuggets you do with the uh, the threads. They're good. They are.
1: Yeah, they're like uh, they're coming together. They're getting better. Oh, goodness knows how many I haven't got a target in mind. Goodness knows how many names there'll be over over time at all the positions. <laughs> so they just keep adding them.
2: Yeah, mm. yeah, for sure. And they'll keep up the good work. Interesting, you mentioned about Tampa Bay. There, you, you're saying that the draft's important.
1: Very important. <laughs> like the last, the last three years, I've really, I think they've had uh, some of the better, some of the better classes. I think the last draft was, I was really high on their draft class. And the, two or three years ago, I'm like watching their kind of their younger guys that have been drafted recently, all getting after it in the Super Bowl. Mm. Yeah, just goes to show.
2: Goes to show that's the way to do it. And <clears> uh, yeah, learn about all these guys on draft card. Um, yeah, no. Um, yeah, Tristan Wirth obviously mentioned him earlier on. Uh, Super Bowl champion now and the hero that is Anton Munfield Jr. Um, obviously yeah, having a great so game they, again.
1: Both guys were, were like, top three in their respective positions for me last year and now look at them. Mm-hmm
2: yeah yeah yeah, for sure um so yeah last up meet wakefield 90 on twitter uh you can find me yeah talk about the draft and the draft guide and things like that i've really releasing lots of stuff through the full 10 yards cfb account so as well as my twitter at wakefield 90 go over and follow us as a group um at full 10 yard full 10 yards at cfb and yeah you'll get all the details about the draft guide that's up and coming and all of our uh takes and podcast links and all that nonsense okay um but yes uh thanks for listening again uh hit us up next week for the, where we'll Talking about quarterbacks. And uh, yeah, beyond there, we'll be doing lots of more draft stuff, uh, best of the rest, and other sleepers and things like that. So yeah, stick with us. It's a, it's a long way till draft season, yet, yeah, and there's lots to come from us. So yeah, thanks for listening. See you next time.
0: Thanks for listening to the podcast. For all your football needs, check out our website, full10yards.com, or follow us on Twitter at full10yardscfb. And remember, Keep those eyes peeled.